0: Hello and welcome to the next Grad Cracker webinar. I'm really pleased to be joined today by Nuclear Graduates. We will learn about the recruitment process, give you a head start with hints and tips, and this year we'll be hearing from graduates, Lauren, Henry, and Jasmine, and they'll tell us all about their time so far at Nuclear Graduates and what the future has in store for them. So we will start with the Energist people and skills team, which includes Craig, Shan, and Hannah. So welcome to the webinar, everybody. And um, then Craig, Shan, and Hannah will also talk about things all early careers. Um, so, for example, the recruitment process, the graduate program, training, development, sneaky hints and tips to give you the graduates who are watching um, a head start as well. So, Craig, I'm going to come straight to you. Um, you can see, everybody can see from your backgrounds. So you've got nuclear graduates. You've got Energis. Tell us about you, your role, and who nuclear graduates is and who Energis is, please.
1: Thank you, Carla. Uh, I'm Craig Iverson. Uh, I'm head of people and skills at Energis. Uh, I've been with Energist for about 16 months now, uh, and I'm delighted to be uh, part of the team that runs the Nuclear Graduates Program. As you see, you can see from my background, we have Nuclear Graduates logo there, we have the Energist logo there, and the NDA logo. So just to give a bit of background to each of those, uh, the Nuclear Graduates Program was established in 2007 Mm -hmm. by the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority. Um, uh, Throughout that time, uh, it has recruited talented young people into the nuclear sector. Um, and that was the aim of the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority from the inception of the program in 2007 to recruit a diverse range of talent. Yeah. The Nuclear Decommissioning Authority worked with Energis to deliver the nuclear graduates program. Energist mm-hmm. is part of the nuclear decommissioning Authority. We're a subsidiary of the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority and we work with the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority to run the Nuclear Graduates Programme on, uh, for the NDA and for a number of other organisations, as well as a range of other apprenticeship and graduate programmes on behalf of the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority.
0: Perfect, thank you very much good explaining as well there's a lot to get in there isn't they <laughs> quite confusing and um, so we'll we'll look back to Craig a little bit later on and um, who will tell us all about the the training and development the future of the company future goals and things like that and um, but now I'm going to come to Shan. hi Shan, welcome hi, um, hi yeah I've been shadow but for years as you can <laughs> probably tell and um, could you tell us about your role at nuclear graduates and what you get up to
2: yeah absolutely um so yeah my role is recruitment and selection lead um and basically i um it it pretty much says in my title um i lead on all the recruitment and selection activities across both energis and nuclear graduates as well Um, i've got many years experience working across different um organizations within the nuclear sector and i've been with energis for around 14 months now Um, I'm really, really excited about, um, you know, the programme and and what we've got to offer um, this year through the different opportunities and things, which you'll hear a little bit more about shortly. Um, But yeah, you know, my passion lies with um, ensuring we um, support candidates through the journey, through the programme, and yeah, we, we build that pipeline
0: of talent into the industry. Yeah, there's lots and lots of new things happening this year out there as well, Shan, with the new opportunities um, going live as well, which are all on the hub on GradCracker. And um, so we'll we'll scoot and, and meet Hannah um, first, but then Shan will be telling us all about the recruitment process and what's in store for you when you do apply to their opportunities. And um, so thank you, Shan. Hannah, on to you. So you're involved in training and development of the grads, aren't you? So tell us a little bit about your background um, and why training and development is so important to you and Nuclear graduates.
3: Yeah, thanks, Carla. Um, so yeah, my name is Hannah Creighton and I'm a people and skills coordinator with the Energist team. Um, I've been at Energist nearly um 12 months now. Um and one of my key roles is the learning and development of our energy programs and in particular our nuclear graduate program. Um, so myself and a colleague, we look at um, the various training that is on offer to all of our nuclear graduates, whether it be the mandatory training that we offer as part of the course or whether it be um, the budgets that each individual graduate gets. Um, to spend on their own CPD opportunities. Um, so mandatory training across our programmes um, includes subjects around commercial awareness, project management, influence and negotiation. And these are spread out across the two year programme that the nuclear graduate undertakes. Each graduate, um, as I said previously, also receives a CPD budget, which they um, can spend on courses they wish to, either discipline related or not. And they work closely with their line managers and their mentors during the two year programme to establish which additional training they'd wish to undertake. And this budget can also cover conferences as well, um, which in the past graduates have attended nationally and internationally. Um, and I do believe that um, these opportunities that we do offer with regards to the mandatory training and additional training um, sort of let, allows graduates to sort of build that portfolio, build up the knowledge and um, to take back to their sponsoring organisation post-programme.
0: Perfect. And we'll talk about what all that means a little bit later on in, in the webinar as well, um, especially from the grads, you know, just hear it straight from them, them about their experiences so far. And so we've got the perfect mix here, haven't we? So we've got Craig telling us all about the company, Shan all about the recruitment process, and hints and tips, and Hannah all about your training. So we've got the perfect balance um, for you graduates to find out all about um, nuclear graduates and what you can do in the future. Um, Craig, I'm going to look back to you. So as a company, you know, we're always thinking um, what we do in our industry. We're always thinking forward. We're always thinking about the future. Um, what, what's kind of in store for nuclear graduates? What, what are the plans?
1: That's a really good question, Carla. I think that, that the point you made there about looking to the future is absolutely at the heart of what we're doing with nuclear graduates. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nuclear sector is undergoing uh, a transformation yeah uh, and that's not not too strong a word uh we're talking about um a sector that uh is uh facing and contributing to some of the wider challenges that are facing our society at the moment um, yeah. and we want nuclear graduates to be at the heart of that transformation yeah
4: um
1: so we we have a sector that uh, is... um uh Made up of organisations that are responsible for the decommissioning of part of the uh, the nuclear sector, uh, and the the range of opportunities within that part of the sector are absolutely astonishing. From mm-hmm. commercial opportunities through to really you know really fantastic technology to undertake that task, mm-hmm. uh, so wide range of opportunities there. We also have. Um, the emergence of uh, new build nuclear technologies uh, yep. and we've you know most of us will have seen that in the news fairly recently mm-hmm. uh, we've got the development of new technologies around fusion nuclear fusion and around small modular reactors as well so new technologies they emerging all the time and all that combined makes the nuclear sector sort of a a real part of the future when we talk about energy security and when we talk about contribution to net zero as well. And we want nuclear graduates to be at the heart of that. Our employment organisations that we work with, um, they are absolutely committed to developing the talent of the future. And for our next intake, the volumes that they are looking to us to deliver are sizable they are looking for new talent you know a lot of new talent right across the sector to help them contribute to those challenges so really important that the nuclear graduates program reflects our employer needs for the future and the skill shortages that they have Mm -hmm. um, that nuclear graduates play a significant role in a changing sector and a sector undergoing transformation right. uh, really want the nuclear graduates program as well to have a sense of community as well not just for our graduates to highlight their skills and their talent which they do and we you know we hope we give them every opportunity to do that but also to highlight the contribution they make to those broader social issues Mm -hmm. as well, Uh, because our graduates, and I'm sure Sean and Hannah will touch on this, and I'm sure Lauren Henry and Jasmine will as well, our graduates make a contribution to their communities as well. That's really important that we grow that, that we, and we promote that. Um, And to enable us to do that, we rebranded this year, so Mm -hmm. the the logo over my shoulder here is new, um we, we're raising the profile of the nuclear graduates program, um, and we, we are absolutely committed to raising the profile of our nuclear graduates as well at an individual level and at a group level as well. So there's an awful lot going on there at a sector level, um, at an employer level, and at a nuclear graduate level as well. And all of that will contribute to the future of the sector.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Craig. I'm not sure who can answer this, Craig, Sean. I'm guessing you know maybe one of you two. So you've mentioned there's a couple of phrases there that you've mentioned. So, for example, employment organisations, and um, Hannah, I think you said host companies. And um, w- can you just tell us a little bit more about that? So, can we just explain to the um, audience what what you mean by by those kind of um, different sayings phrases?
1: I'm happy to take that, um, so oh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, as I said earlier, ENERGIST delivers the Nuclear Graduates Programme on behalf of the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority, who yeah. are absolutely committed to bringing a diverse range of talent into the nuclear sector. Yeah. The nuclear sector has a range of different employers within it, um, and a number of those employers are sponsoring organisations for the Nuclear Graduates Programme. Yeah. Yeah. So we have sponsors working with us. Uh, Those sponsoring organisations work with us to deliver the the programme. We then have a series of secondment hosts Mm -hmm. who will enable our graduates to undertake their three secondments across the programme. So we have the NDA as the programme owner, we have our sponsoring employers, then we have our common hosts I hope that makes that a little bit clearer
0: it does make it clear to me Craig but I've worked with you for a long long time um, and <laughs> I think as well when we speak to the graduates and um, that'll make it even clearer when we're talking about their experiences as well and um, and finally Craig before we move on to Shan, any misconceptions that you kind of want to cover off as part of this webinar
1: um I don't think so I think you know just a a message to get over and to reinforce really is that the sector is undergoing rapid transformation. You know, so many opportunities there and a broad range of careers available across the the nuclear sector as well. The nuclear sector is not just about uh, science and technology Mm. careers. Uh, There's a broad range of business roles there as well from HR, commercial, communications, finance, as well as those science and technology roles. As yeah.
0: well. There is something for everybody. And that Absolutely. kind of links perfectly onto to, to Shan now. Um if I can, Shan. So tell us a little bit more about the opportunities that you've currently got advertised on Crash Cracker.
2: Yeah, so obviously um, yeah, what Craig's just said leads in really nicely,
0: really. Does, <laughs> um, <laughs> we... Couldn't have planned for a better handover. <laughs>
2: Um, so, yeah, um, at the moment, we do have 14 different vacancies um, sort of available for people to apply to. They are all live, so you can literally apply today. Um And, yeah, as Craig's just said, they are across a, a wide range of disciplines. So we are looking for, um, for lots of different, um, you know, types of, of role, really. So um, we do have a lot of engineering sector roles. Um, we do have a lot of scientific, but we also do have the, the business roles as well, such as like project management and, and things like that. Um, okay. So, yeah, they are all av- advertised on the Grad Cracker Hub. Um, I won't list all 14 of them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, do obviously get yourselves over to the Hub and have a little look on there. Um, they're currently all open until the 6th of um, January, but we are subject to closing vacancies early. Um, sort of when we do reach, um, you know, capacity with the application numbers. So I would just say uh, get your applications in as soon as possible on yeah. there as well.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really valid point, especially there's been lots of students watching this webinar, so make sure you do get your applications in straight away. Um, right. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Hannah. We're going to go on and meet the grads now. And um, so just a brief introduction from me, if I can, then I'm going to hand you over to Jessica and Jessica will look after you um, through the next part of the webinar. But um, Lauren, I'm going to start with you. Could you just tell everybody about why you went to university and what did you study?
5: Yeah, of course. Thanks, Carla. Um, Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Lauren, and I studied natural sciences um, at Lancaster University, Um, and I also did um, a study abroad year at Macquarie University over in Australia, Um, and I focused on environmental sciences, biology, chemistry, and geophysics during my degree.
0: Perfect. Jess is plowing up the questions, Lauren, to ask you um, (laughs) about that. (laughs) Henry, similar question, please. Which university and um, what did you study?
4: Sure thing. Hi everyone. uh, I did a four-year integrated master's in physics at Durham University, graduated in 2015.
6: Perfect. Thank you, Henry. And Jasmine? Hi, uh, I'm Jasmine. I also did an integrated master's, um, but in mechanical engineering, uh, and I did that at the University of Manchester.
0: Fantastic. So as you can see, what Shan touched upon before and Craig, you know, we've got a a variety of different backgrounds, different universities and taking part in this webinar today. So it really is um, all STEM business students can apply to the opportunities which are currently live. And before I hand over, we're going to go loop the room again and just do a quick top fact about nuclear graduates. And Lauren, you're up first.
5: Yep. Um, so the nuclear graduate scheme actually has a really great success rate. Um, in fact, 98% of graduates come off the scheme and go into full-time employment within the nuclear industry after yeah. finishing the
0: scheme, which is quite incredible, to be honest. It is. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Lauren. I think we're going to have a people top fact round today. Henry, tell us about your top fact.
4: Absolutely. My, my top fact, first part of it, is that there, are, there have been over 450 people who've gone through the scheme and gone out yeah. into industry. Um, and my personal plan to fame, I've managed to meet someone from cohort two, uh, who was a senior engineer from Atkins and I'm a consultant developing advanced modular reactors uh, to meet Net Zero 2050. So,
0: Fantastic. Oh, a personal and a business one. Thank you, Henry. And Jasmine.
6: So mine is uh, about the CPD budget that Hannah mentioned briefly. Um, basically, you, you, you can basically do courses in... in in, in anything something that's not related to your discipline and so for example i do mechanical engineering um i've done a mental health first aid training course so uh, it's really broad and so long as you can prove the value of it you can, you can do a lot of different things with it
0: thank you jasmine hannah is nodding along there like yes you can good top factor <laughs> so thanks everybody jessica i'm going to
7: hand over to you Mother. Thanks Carla. So next you want to find out a bit more about your roles at nuclear graduates and really how you know life looks for you so the team that you work in you know how it's your experiences have kind of panned out so far. So Lauren I'm afraid of my love you're top of my list again so I'm coming to you first if that's okay so if you could just tell us a bit more about your role. Yeah, of course, Jessica. Yeah. So um,
5: over the scheme, um, it was touched on before, you do have different secondments across different companies. So over the two years, I've had three different roles, so three different teams and three different companies, which has been incredible. So I joined as an environmental science graduate. So I started off at Magnox, um, which is as part of a decommissioning mission um, up at the Chapel Cross site in Scotland as an environmental advisor. Um, so that involved getting involved with the environment work on site and also some sustainability. Um, moved then to Stellafield Stellar Field um, in Cumbria and did environment again and also some radiological protection. Uh, that was something completely new to me and it was a really great experience to dive into something completely new and have that support to be able to do that. Um, and then I actually went down to London and worked in Bayes, uh, so it's a part of government, it's a government department, um, and worked on the uh, Advanced Modular Reactor Programmes. Um, so they've got two programmes at the minute and that's looking into the future of the nuclear industry. Um, and there, there was um, a technical advising role, which involved a bit of project management as well as some technical stuff too. So, really broad experience over. Wow!
7: Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible. So, where do you even start? So, if you're like you've you've travelled around the country, <laughs> you've got all this experience. Um, kind of go back to the the kind of first um experience that you had. So, would you say it was Magnox the the first right. company that you were with? Um. So, tell us a bit about how you kind of find the first company that you want to work with. Then, how would you transition to the next one? How it all works. And again, is it nerve wracking kind of going into another organization, not knowing anyone, and then moving across? Tell me all a bit about that and how that works. Yeah, no, that's a really incre- interesting question.
5: So I started off at Magnox because that was my um, sponsored company. So that was really supported. They offered me the role, they told me where I was going to go and, you know, what site I was going to be on and what work I was going to be doing. And that was quite tailored yeah. to my degree. Uh, so I felt quite comfortable going into that role. And then it gave me a taste of the nuclear industry, a really great introduction as well. And then over that eight months, I actually figured out where I wanted to go in my next role and had the support there to be able to ask people, you know, like, I, I really enjoy this part of my role. Where can I go to learn more about this? Or I really want to, you know, dive into something a bit different. What can I do? Um, and there's loads of people around there that will, will offer you that support. You've got a personal mentor on the scheme as well. So you've always got someone throughout that two years when you can go back to and you can really rely on them for some expert advice because they've been in the industry themselves for for quite a few years. And you touched on, yeah, like, do you feel nervous going into a new organisation? And obviously with any new job, you're going to have a bit of nerves. But um, I think Henry kind of touched on it with his personal point earlier. The nuclear industry is, it's big, yes, and it's growing, but the amount of nuclear graduates and familiar faces you see across the industry... Wherever you go, you're probably going to know someone as a nuclear graduate because you've instantly got that network of the grads you're working with and, you know, the different schemes that are going on. So I think it's a really good scheme with a lot of support there to assist that
7: kind of going out your comfort zone, but also feel supported at the same time as well. That's a really interesting point, because, again, when you speak to other organisations, you kind of think of just that one company that you're working for and then the different elements that you can work within that company. But almost like the nuclear sector is almost like one large, you know, kind of... Mm -hmm entity in itself you know how nice is that you can go from you know won't sell a field to magnox to rolls royce you know wherever it may be and you've got that feeling you probably will know someone when you join that organization or someone might have gone through a similar experience yourself which is pretty unique i would say for, mm-hmm. for an industry especially with you know kind of entry-level graduate roles So in terms of another question, um, in terms of kind of relocating then, how did you find that? And gosh, because you've done, like I say, travelled around the country pretty much. And um, how did you find that? How did you go about it?
5: Um, Yeah, so for our cohort, it's quite interesting because it was during the lockdown. And so obviously quite a lot of different challenges there as well. But overall, the support from the graduate scheme was incredible. Had a lot of virtual events as well to support us through that. And also the graduate scheme, especially now they do put on in-person events as well. So you get to meet people from across your graduate scheme and meet different people who might be at the same organisation as you or across different parts of the country. So you're all going through similar things at the same time. Um, And you do have choice in where you go as well throughout the scheme, which is which is great. So, you know, I really wanted to go down to Sellafield and and experience Cumbria and different areas and then go down to London and experience that different life as well. So it's a great chance to decide where you want to direct your future and also meet different people along the way and, and kind of explore different parts of, of the uk and yeah it's really, yeah. It's really a great
7: experience it really sounds like then if for the audience that are listening if you're wanting to join uh nuclear graduates you've got to have the idea of you using these next two years to explore yeah explore the industry as much as you can you know take as much as you can from it so don't restrict yourself to a certain <laughs> location you know in a or a certain field you know really kind of explore and you know taking on as much as you can so yeah definitely for the audience listening that needs to be a you know a bit of a draw if you are thinking about mm-hmm. applying Lauren I'm going to come to you I'm going to come to you a bit later on about projects and go in a bit more detail but thank you so much for that overview Henry mm-hmm. I'm going to come to you next if that's okay a very similar question tell us a bit about your role so far um, at nuclear graduates
4: Absolutely. So it's part of the same cohort as Lauren. So I started in 2020 and have now graduated, attended my nuclear graduation, which the program team puts on. Oh. And I've started at my sponsor organization, Rolls Royce, uh, which Energist has helped with the, the transition over to as well. So over my time on the scheme, I've done seconds at Rolls-Royce, but also at the UK Atomic Energy Authority, uh, which looks into nuclear fusion research and also actually working with Lauren in the Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Um, But the team that I've returned to uh, is a radiation physics, shielding and criticality team. Uh, The primary purpose of the team is to minimise radiation exposure for submariners in the Royal Navy's nuclear submarines. Um, And the result of that is that most of the crew receives less dose uh, living on board than you would if you lived in Cornwall, which has slightly higher background radiation levels.
7: Because uh-huh. of the radon produced by granite. So, mm. fun fact. That's incredible. Wow. So, in terms of them, so you've got, you just graduated. Congratulations. Well done. Um, so, in terms then of, it sounds as though, and I might be wrong, but I don't know much about the nuclear sector, but that sounds quite a niche. Um kind of experience there. How, you know, how did you get into that? Was that something that you knew you wanted to do? Or did you kind of just get that experience by chance? Or was that an you know kind of a, a driver for you?
4: Good, good question. So at university, I knew I wanted to be in an industry that used my degree and was very interesting and had, had good prospects, which is why I was looking at the nuclear industry. And I had been for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. As part of your physics degree, you see sort of nuclear physics, atomic physics, uh, and nuclear fusion, and I, I wanted to be involved in that. Um, so then when I applied to the scheme and had a really positive experience actually in the recruitment process, they, they showed interest in me and were very keen to get to know whether you want to do the scheme as well as, you know, sort of whether you were, whether you were able to do the scheme, whether it worked. Um, yeah. they, they found that first a comment, uh post, which was in radiation physics. But right. a key a key mantra is to identify your skills gaps and identify where do you want to go next to build up your skills. So that's the, the reason why I did a couple of different placements within Rolls-Royce. One is a sort of manufacturing engineer, one's very s- different to being a physicist. The, the placement in nuclear fusion research, that was uh, following a sort of a t- getting a taste of what the academic uh, side to, to the nuclear industry was like. Uh, and then also going to Bayes for that sort of oversight of the of the, of the whole whole nuclear industry and looking at new advanced reactors. so really trying to get a taste of everything then gives me a better idea of what I want to yeah. dive into in that sort of that first permanent role.
7: Fantastic so Henry question there so you say that you've done multiple placements in Rolls-Royce which is great Um just asking out of curiosity really so say for example you Uh, scundered out to Rolls Royce you liked Rolls Royce and you wanted to stay at Rolls Royce throughout the kind of two-year period could you do that or is it kind of encouraged that you would move on and go to another organization throughout that two years
4: you could but you've been missing out on the USP Mm. of the scheme and and the real USP is in that that flexible you know dealing with change starting in new teams finding a new work area meeting new people, meeting new teams, and then, you know, moving Absolutely. on to another one and broadening is skills. So, so you could, but a lot of these companies have their grad schemes. If that's for you, then that's, that's the one, but this is all about being essentially a broader, a broader picture of the scheme.
7: Yeah. hundred percent. So it goes back to that other point, you know, s- students that are listening, you want to go in with the idea of that you want to explore as much as you can and <laughs> to um, so take all those, those opportunities that will be coming your way. So fantastic. Thanks, Henry. Um. Jasmine, I'm gonna come to you. Same question, if that's okay. Uh, Could you tell us a bit about your experiences so far at Nuclear Graduates?
6: Yeah, so I am actually in the cohort below. uh, So I'm I'm in in cohort uh, 2021. uh, So I'm still part way through the scheme. Uh, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just over halfway through now. Um, So my sponsor is also Rolls-Royce. So that's where I started. Um, I did two placements within Rolls-Royce. what the first I started in kind of analytical engineering, it was very um, lot of lot of spreadsheets, uh, a lot of analysis, kind of computational uh, analysis of fluids and and things like that. A lot of it was kind of uh, future class submarines, so working on things that are, you know won't even be developed for, for 30 years. Um, so that was that was really interesting. Um, and then again, the one thing I wanted to use the scheme for was to kind of get as broad an experience as, as possible. So my next placement at Rolls-Royce was uh, then in manufacturing engineering. So actually getting to go onto like a shop floor and see things being manufactured and uh, a lot more about process engineering and things like that. Um, and then now I'm currently three months into my second uh, secondment and I'm at a, uh, a company called Kyoto Fusion Earring, which is a, a small uh, Japanese fusion startup. So I'm, I'm a project engineer. Um, engineer here it's uh, very different the The UK team is is five people I'm one of five people so very very different to, to Rolls-Royce yeah. um, I get it's a much broader experience it's kind of uh, looking more a kind of a commercial aspect of Fusion uh, and as Henry, Henry said it's slightly more academic as well because Fusion's just at that point in in kind of its life cycle but it's yeah. it's yeah it's still very academic so write, writing papers and things like that so, yeah
7: Wow, so polar opposite experiences already. So exactly like say, you know, that's an a, an interesting point, you know, working for a large organisation, startup, the experiences there are completely different. Just a side note, I don't know if anyone knows the answer to this, if you don't mind me asking, but how many organisations do, is the that you guys work with in
6: total? Is there, a, do you have a list? Uh, so in terms of be like working with, so there's obviously the host organisations and they, a lot of people go, they they you you have a sponsor organization um and a lot of people go to another sponsor for a second Mm -hmm. second secondment however realistically there's it's there's a lot of different companies that you can Mm -hmm. go to it's I I don't think I could name all of them um there's quite the range especially with all of the different um disciplines that there are now like Mm -hmm. it's it's so broad that it's 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 really it's it's some will get offered to you but a lot of things that you just by talking to people at conferences and things like that you can you can find so many opportunities through that so a lot of what the scheme is 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 you kind of you make the most of it like it's it's what you make of it really so yeah
7: so that's another interesting point so the so when you come off a second and you want to go on to the next one, do you almost need to have this the next one lined up before you can jump across? And is it up, up to you almost, Jasmine, to get that organized or you'll have a team, like Lauren said, that'll they'll support
6: you with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it is, I mean, you're you are you are given a lot of like responsibility, which is a good thing on the scheme in yeah. terms of like you're, you're treated like a an adult adult. Uh, yeah. Which you are, but you you're given a lot of responsibility, so that it is up to you. Not that you're not given support; that there's so much support with it. you will never you never find yourself completely looking at a secondment, for example. You know, yeah. you're always able to extend your current secondment, or you know, bring it forward. There's, there's so many different things, but it is it is up to you to to make of your what if what you want for your next secondment. You have to go and get it, basically.
7: Absolutely. It's so exciting. So none of you are really ever going to have a very similar experience because you're all, uh, you're all going to kind of go off. And so all your stories, you know, are going to be completely different, which is so interesting. And I feel like I'm slowly getting my head (laughs) around. So. Next, I want to kind of, because a lot of the audience listening and um, will be bored of my kind of normal questions. I want to know a bit about, you know, kind of more the, the hardcore kind of engineering stuff. Um, so next, I want to talk a bit about the projects. And um, if we could kind of touch upon maybe either your favourite project that you've worked on so far or the project you're working on now that, you know, has really interested you the most. So Lauren, I'm going to come back to you again. And, and yeah, let, let us know a bit more about the, the projects.
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I joined as an environmental scientist and one of my favorite projects was actually working at Chapel Cross site with Madbox. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was working on their environmental monitoring program. Um, And that was, again, one of my first tasks. And I got a lot of responsibility for it. Like they gave me a lot of support, but I was also very independent with it as well. And I got the chance to go around site and ask different stakeholders about their opinions. And also get in touch with uh, the supply chain as well in terms of you know what equipment we were using and how we we're actually going to carry out this monitoring so right mm-hmm. from the start even though I was a graduate I got given so much responsibility within the team that I was working with at Chapel Cross but again a lot of support so it's really that kind of assisted learning curve for me whereas something completely new that I'd never done before yeah. but again I had them specialists right on hand to kind of be like right this is great like you need to do a bit more of this and a, a bit of yeah. direction as well so that was my favorite one um, and again it was right at the very start of the scheme and I think for me that was just it really embodied the the graduate program it's you, you're trying new things and you've got a lot of independence and ownership over the tasks but you know you've got that support there to make sure you're doing it right and this stuff yeah. you know it's getting used for the actual company as well the benefit you bring to the company you are you know you're used uh, for for your skills and they will contribute that towards the greater mission of the, the work you're doing which is which is a really nice feeling to kind of get on board um, with the company
7: Absolutely. So, um, Hannah, I don't know if you want to kind of come in here a bit as well. So, in terms of like training and things like that. So, you know, Lauren has mentioned there. You know, obviously coming out with a fantastic degree, the experience that you, you've had across those two years. Your CV is going to look pretty phenomenal um, at the end of you know once you finish the the program here. So, in terms of maybe um, in, 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 like chartership stuff like that, how does that work and do you offer ship one, two? You know, how do you kind of help? You know, in terms of the training process, because there's so much exposure to so many different things. How does that work? And then how do you help the graduate once they finish those two years to kind of say, right, this is where you can go next?
3: Yeah, I'm. Um... Yeah, so we do offer chartship as part of um, the Nuclear Graduates program. Um, so as sort of mentioned earlier, um each graduate um, sort of gets assigned like a personal mentor um, that helps them go through their chartship. So depending on on which specific chartship route that the graduate would choose to go down, um we are sort of accredited with various organisations um, for chartship groups. Um, so sort your mentor will be, have either gone through that certain chartship themselves um, or maybe going through it. Um, so graduates are sort of paired up with mentors in their sponsoring organisations related to their discipline and related to their chartship that they wish to go through. Um, and we're obviously there as a programme team and um, myself and my colleagues to offer support with that. Um, we can help speak to um, line managers in current secondments or future comments as well to ensure that sort of any objectives any projects that the graduates are working on and um, can also be relevant to their to their chart-ship route as well yeah. um, and then obviously post post program with the nuclear graduates only being sort of a 24 month program a two-year program and um, we can sort of also also offer that support post program as well and um, so a lot of chartships do maybe take slightly longer than those 24 months to sort of get accredited for um so yeah there's the support there as well with myself and our post program team um to continue that as well that is brilliant really really good stuff so, so support, Lauren...
0: isn't there, as well for, yeah, every, know, for it's, everybody it's
7: phenomenal. Support. Mm. absolutely brilliant so Lauren is that a journey that you interested in kind of going on yourself and you know how is that journey like looking for you at the moment yeah yeah so
5: I've had a lot of help from the team in terms of my chartership journey so far which has been incredible and um, I've yeah. actually managed to get to practitioner level of my chartership at the moment wow, well this, done. The grad thank you yeah so that's been a great achievement for myself and I wouldn't have been able to do it without the team support so they've put me onto training courses to help me get my knowledge up to that level and also yeah. help me with again my personal mentors Help me write my application towards a chartership as well and put in them case studies I'm doing on the scheme on my secondments into yeah. writing to send off to the chartership body and i've managed to get to that point at the moment and i'm currently in the process of writing my chartership application as well so wow. it's all moved really fast and it's it's been really good and that's on top of the the work i've been doing with the program as well and using that secondment experience as proof and evidence towards my mm-hmm. chartership so again it's yeah. it's a perfect journey to get that mixture of experiences Thank that you you know, chartership bodies really look for and that they want in their kind of applications, which is which is great. And I would
7: say, Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's probably a lot quicker than the kind of national average getting, you know, typically would you say normally four years, four or five years, would you say? yeah so actually on the the recommended kind of like as you say the average
5: time to take would be four to five years for full yeah. ship, and then three years for practitioner level so the fact that i got to practitioner level with the oh. experience of the grad scheme with i think just over a year it was yeah. um so really great grad scheme and that just goes to show how much experience you get in such a yeah. job yeah. you know <laughs> so,
7: oh gosh wow <laughs> um absolutely amazing so thanks lauren henry i'm going to come to you same question project favorite project you've worked on so far please
4: absolutely um so i'm gonna go for a project that i was working on whilst at the inner the civil service in the department of business energy and industrial strategy and it was the advanced modular reactor team which is part of the uh, net zero innovation portfolio so it's how is the governments trying to invest money in innovative uh, projects and companies with the aim of having more options for net zero. Um, now, for advanced modular reactor technology, next generation fuel, that has an option for decarbonizing industry, uh, producing hydrogen, uh, essentially through producing high grade heat that industry can use, uh, can use for hydrogen. And there's also possibilities for district heating and co-generation of electricity. So it's a really interesting, new avenue uh for the nuclear industry yeah. and my role on this as a, as a technical advisor i had sort of two two key uh sort of parts in in my placement there the first one was being part of the assessment and moderation team for uh public bids for uh, a tender that the government had put out for this competition yeah. uh and my, my role there was to organize internally how these were going to be assessed Uh, how to ensure that the assessments were fair, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, prepare that with the program leader uh, to be, to be pitched for, you know, the contracts to actually get signed and to actually funding to be awarded to innovative ideas in the nuclear industry, which is really exciting to be part of. Um, And then the second stage of that, that project was for me to be the project manager on the successful contracts. So six successful contracts and starting out the project management of getting in touch uh, and organizing sessions with the consortia, you know, with the with these with these groups that have put their bids in, uh, and you know, monitoring their deliverables and you know, payment of invoices dependent on deliverable delivery, all those sorts of things, um, yeah. which requires a vast, you know, a vast array of skills that are very different to yeah. the skills you get on a yeah. on a, on a, a typical physics degree. So a huge amount of personal interaction, uh, yeah. project management, teamwork, and flexibility as well that's that's one of the key things so, so that was a real uh yeah interesting project I didn't really think I was going to be doing at, the, no. start the, at mm-hmm. the start of the scheme when I thought I wanted to be a nuclear physicist and yes. working energy and radiation and shielding it was it was a bit of a bit of a move so it was it was yeah very very exciting very exciting right. placement.
7: I can really imagine that and like you say it's almost like having your own business in the sense isn't it you know you've got to think of all the other elements convincing communicating with others you know like you say looking on the finance side of things and making sure it all works so in terms of um kind of the project if you don't mind me delving a little bit more there um so you you got it all signed all six Signed, fantastic! You started them. Where's what's happening with the projects now? And obviously, you, you, you've kind of come away from that, but it must be nice to kind of look at those projects and think that you were involved in it.
4: Absolutely, and a, a big part of it being a government project is that it's all up there on the government website. You, know, you can, mm, you, can you can go and check up on it and see see what the progress is. I mean, a big part of it was when those contracts were were started and signed was the communications process. How does the government tell the public and potentially MPs about, you know, new work and about what what public money is being spent on. Um, so they've got they've got, you know, lots of lots of controls and lots of, you know, um, lots of things you need to do in order to make an announcement at the right time, uh, saying the right things. So that was really exciting to be a part of. Um, and, you know, these are, these are really long term projects. So the, the idea is to uh, build a demonstration of this next generation, uh, nuclear technology, and that's looking at early 2030. So so when the early 30, 2030s roll around and there's a demonstration reactor being built, I can say, oh, yes, I was involved.
0: Yeah, in the, I that.
4: there. That's
7: incredible.
3: <laughs> wow.
7: It's um, it's an interesting point, that, isn't it? It's that idea of, you know, communications, because I think, you know, Callie, you touched on it and Craig answered it. You know, changing the misconceptions about the mm-hmm. nuclear industry. And you know, you, Craig, you spoke a lot about it at the beginning, but how much the industry is changing now and how you know the way that you are going with the industry is, you know, going to be a massive part of, of the future. So yeah, it's going to be a lovely moment. I can imagine, Henry, when you can look back and think, Yes, and um, I, I, I we started that, you know, you planted that seed and hopefully you can then look and think, wow, this is where we are now and this is what we've achieved. And um, so absolutely incredible stuff so again students that are listening you know you are almost carving out the future with you know organizations yeah. like uh nuclear graduates you know it's okay. it's planting those seeds with the idea of where you can be in 30 40 years time it'll be a completely different looking industry which is phenomenal
0: and I think it's a different background just to what the nuclear industry needs as well you know since I've started working with nuclear graduates it's it's evolved dramatically over the last 10-15 years or so and um, from, you know, you know, learning civil engineers, physicists, yeah. you know, all the different disciplines and backgrounds that that the nuclear industry needs um, and is going to need for 20, 30, 40 years to come as well. I think that's that's been a massive turning point as well for the industry and how it's evolved. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm actually looking on the hub now because this is what I did. I looked before the webinar. You've got
7: civil engineering, chemical, chemistry, mm. physics, cybersecurity. And it goes on on and on and on it's yeah it's phenomenal and again it's something which you even I suppose you don't think about that you're going to need all those the all those disciplines it's it's brilliant and Jasmine come to you um last but not least projects favorite
6: project that you've worked on so I would actually say uh it's one that I recently just was submitted so uh it's at at the the company that I'm working at currently, and it is we were basically uh, I got involved in, in writing a uh, a journal article basically. Um, so it was it was a paper um, looking at um, basically the challenges to, to the to the fusion industry uh, and kind of what Kyoto Fusion Earing was doing to kind of tackle those challenges uh, while also kind of looking at the the commercial kind of well the journey to commercialization uh, of of fusion in general so mm-hmm. it was um it was something that i was meant to just kind of help a little bit on and i ended up effectively just being give, given it to 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 do i was one of like the the, the main one of the main authors on it um mm-hmm. so yeah that'll be that'll be published hopefully sometime next year so um, that's it's quite exciting um mm-hmm. but yeah it was really interesting again similar to kind of what um what Henry said in that it's something I would never thought I'd be doing in terms of it, it even then it's just like the topic that it's on I wouldn't yeah. say that that was a topic that I was particularly familiar with I yeah. was my previous placements were fairly technical um whereas this was much more um more general and like you know, about the, the actual challenges and commercialization so yeah it, it's awesome. been it was a challenge for sure but uh really really fascinating and a yeah okay. a quick uh Bit growth in terms of like my (laughs) learning curve, either. So, so do you think that there is a future for the kind of commercialization of fusion? Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's something that's interesting about working kind of like as a much smaller kind of private company. Um, is that especially now, like I've I've, the the amount of opportunities I've had. Like I've I've been to uh, like conferences and things like that, but like talking to kind of UKAA. And things yeah. like that but there's a lot of private and, and public kind of partnerships that are going on currently and i think uh, of all the times that the fusion has a chance to actually you know work commercially now yeah. is like the time but and that's what's exciting about nuclear in general it's not even just fusion it's just it's uh, it's it's all happening right now like it's yes yeah. it's, it's, it's such an exciting industry to work in it's, it really yeah, is it's
7: so it's actually evolving isn't it other thing, just thinking. I don't come to you about training. You, Shelley, I'm just thinking PhD. I've never done a PhD myself. <laughs> I haven't even done a degree. But I'm just thinking, you, you're writing all these things. Could you know? Could you apply it in some way? Can you you know kind of upskill yourself doing doing a master's? You've done a master's already, haven't you, Jasmine? Yeah, yeah.
6: PhD. I mean, I I could I could, I could technically. Um, a lot of. Um, I guess that's also an, another thing is you know a, a lot of people have PhDs in in at least in their departments that I've been working in but they don't treat you any different it can it can feel quite nerve-wracking in in that you're you're being given this piece of work that someone's working on something equivalent and they've got a PhD and you don't have that Mm -hmm. but it's exciting it shows the amount of responsibility that you're given but yeah for sure I think there's definitely people that would go on to do a PhD PhD,
7: Um, interesting And Hannah, would would uh, nuclear graduates support that or would that be something separate after they've come off the programme that they could then decide to do?
3: Um, Yeah, that would probably be something that would be separate. Um, yeah. Obviously, the graduates, though, throughout their, their two years on programme with us, they sort of build those relationships with their sponsoring companies and things like that. So it may be something that the graduates can yeah. sort of discuss with their sponsoring organisation um, and con depending on the role that they secure at the end of end of their programme. Um, I'm sure that um like sponsors um organizations they would be sort of keen to have to have those conversations yeah, to with graduates sort of to yeah. them to help them on their own learning development post programme. Perfect. Yeah.
7: Great yeah. stuff. Um, have I got time to talk about futures? I
0: was thinking more about day work moving away from the day job. Oh and okay. then I can I can look back in at the end.
7: <laughs> okay so um uh, lauren I'll come back to you because you're always top of my list lauren so i apologize <laughs> um but could you tell us a bit more coming up as, as carl said coming away from your day job a bit um a bit more about the other stuff that you get involved in so um, whether it be sports activities what else do you do kind of networking groups you've mentioned already but tell us a bit more about that side of stuff
5: yeah yeah of course yeah so the grad scheme is a a great chance to meet different people from you know across different places within the actual scheme itself you know you've got quite a big cohort of people in very similar situations and there's lots of chance to meet up whether that's training working in your groups and you know just having them weekly check check check-ins with the people that like you're in a team with and everything so for me there's definitely been lots of kind of social opportunities to meet people a lot of team building which has been really really nice especially when you know you are jumping through jobs a little bit so it's nice to have that kind of like that that settled feel with a team where you can actually go and say oh I'm doing this or I feel a bit nervous about this and they yeah. know you so you can talk about your day and everything and it's really good from like a well-being point of view as well you know some of these are comments you might be away from your home and your family so to have that network there and you know that and they are your friends as well like you you really do make friends quite quickly on the scheme too as well and um, so I think it's really important to have that and um, again Again, we've we've been to conferences together we've been to site visits across different places in the UK and on an international level so again that's separate from the day job but it it continues with your learning and your understanding of the nuclear industry and really helps put into perspective the work you're doing and where it fits in because like obviously Henry was mentioning the work and we were doing in, in Bays on the AMR program and then going over and seeing different conferences when they're mentioning this work on an international level and you're thinking wow like you know the stuff we're working on really does you know it's got a big impact on the nuclear industry as a whole and it really makes you realize you know the stuff you're doing on the graduate scheme can have really big impacts whether that's now the future 40 years or so to the nuclear industry. So lots of different opportunities to get involved in conferences and the more casual things as well like you know team building sports activities as well. They've got some football teams and some tennis teams going on at the sites that you can join in on as well. So again yeah. it just depends on what company you're at and, and the social yeah. activities they have on offer.
7: Perfect. Yeah, sounds fantastic. It's interesting as well, isn't it, when you, you touch upon the other stuff, but, you know, there's kind of softer skills, you know, mm. you're know, putting your hands up and saying, you know, I'm struggling a bit today, or, you know, you just want a friendly face, or you, you need this, you need that, and being able to, you know, communicate and have that kind of network of people where you've got it as well, which is fantastic. Um I don't know if you want to add to that, Henry and Jasmine. Lauren pretty much smashed that smashed that question. So well done. <laughs> um, but is there anything else that you want to add to that?
4: There's there's one thing that's that's crossed my mind, and that's the close relationship with the, the YGN, the Young Generation Network, okay, yeah. um, which is an institute uh, set up and run by the, the Nuclear Institute, so it's a wider uh, um, chartership body for the nuclear industry. Okay, uh, and the nuclear graduate steam, you have loads of interactions with, with the YGN. Uh, such as YGN conference, there's uh, uh, local YGN branches, there's a YGN speaking competition, which I'd, I'd like to get involved with in a couple of years time. Um, and there's also, so the nuclear institute itself also has local branches. So in the Midlands, there's, there's Rolls-Royce, Fraser uh, that a Nuclear Advanced Manufacturing Research Center for the mantle, uh, NAMRAC, uh, where it kind of encourages collaboration and, and networking on that local level, as well as the, you know,
7: the, the, the national, the international level that, that Lauren was, was talking about. Fantastic. And Jasmine, do you want to add
6: to that anyway? Yeah, I'm just going to quickly mention, uh, so you're really encouraged as well to do, so like STEM activities. So you're all like a, you've become a STEM ambassador effectively as well. So you, like through that I've had, I've gone into schools to talk about, talk about nuclear, talk about STEM in general, um, doing activities with kids, you know things where they like they guess my job uh things like that trying to you know look at gender bias uh at a young age in stem and things like that and it's that's also um you know aside from from your day job and you you know take an hour out to do this or or go into a school for example so yeah that's also been I've done a lot of different things you know I I did I was a math tutor um you know I've done a a lot of different things um and that's really encouraged as well so
7: um, yeah definitely Which is really good. And I, I don't know, I feel like I've come away from this thinking about the industry in a completely different way mm-hmm. to
0: what I thought about it before. So I hope the audience have as well, because it's been really interesting. I know, we need to know how to apply now. Jasmine, just one last question to you. Did they get guess, guess your job correctly? Yeah.
6: <laughs> So I was I was back at uh, Rolls Royce then. So obviously, simples, that really shows you know an understanding if you can explain it to a load of six year olds. <laughs> yeah, just I was um, thinking that. <laughs> yeah. But they did actually manage to. The school was in Derby, so I wonder if that helped in terms of yeah. their awareness of Rolls Royce as a company. But they did they did they they did think that I worked on a submarine there rather than uh, working. You know, to develop the submarines but you know I'd have gone with that Jasmine
0: I'd be like yeah I work on a submarine yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I do but yeah. uh, thank you very much uh, you know you're, you're inspiring the younger generation as well when you yeah, need to, to join the nuclear industry to join nuclear graduates in about 20 odd years time if, if they are little ones and um, Roshan right the pressure's on how do we apply come on tell yeah. us <laughs>
2: Um, yeah. So as I said before, obviously applications are open now, so you can just go onto the Gradcracker Cracker Hub and apply through there. Um, all we're looking for is an online application form. Um, we've kept it quite simple, so they, you know we're not asking for pages and pages of things on there. So you, you'll be able to get those completed pretty quickly. Um, following your application form, um, that will be, um, you know, we'll go through that as a recruitment team, so it doesn't kind of go to a computer or something, we're a real life team and we manually look at everybody's applications individually. Um, following that, if you are successful at the screening stage, you will go to an online situational strength assessment. Um, this is, as, as I said there, it is an online assessment, it's not timed. Um, So you can work through that at your own pay um, as well. And it just helps us get a bit more of a feel around um, sort of your strengths and things really. Mm -hmm. Um, Following that stage, you would then get invited to complete an online um, video interview. Um, And again, that just gives us a bit more of a feel for um, you as an individual and sort of what your passions are and your strengths. Um, If you are successful at all of those stages, you would then get invited to our assessment centre, which is the final stage in the process. Um, Majority of these are virtual this year, but we are also holding some face-to-face ones. It could be either. Um, The assessment centres are basically run by our recruitment team. So it would be myself or, um, you know, the the other girls from the recruitment team um, at that centre with you um but we also are joined by the sponsors as well so as we've talked about um you know there is all the sponsor organizations um you know looking for um for individuals to join their companies um so just to let you know sort of the sponsors that we are working with this year we've got the NDA group including Magnox and Sellafield we've got the Nuclear AMRC we've got Office of Nuclear Regulation we've got the UK Atomic Energy Authority and we've got Rolls-Royce as well so they are all looking for individuals to um you know join their their companies as well. So we will be joined by um representatives from those companies at that recruitment stage as well.
0: Some
2: fantastic um, names as
3: yeah. well,
0: there isn't they? amazing mm-hmm. names. Um and then if the works you know students were to be successful, Sean, what are the start times? Is it September next year that they'll be starting with you?
2: Yeah, so the earliest will be September. The the yeah. date it'll it will be around September slash October um sort of yeah 2023 so um yeah obviously as I said recruitment's open now assessment centers will run um from sort of now right up until March yeah Um, so we do stagger them obviously just due to the volumes that we're looking for um it will this will be the biggest cohort to date that we've recruited the program is continuously growing and we're continuously looking for you know new talent to join us
0: can you put a figure on that shan roughly how many grads are you looking for um, over a hundred. <laughs> over oh, a hundred, that's a nice loose number. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it just shows that, you know, how many how many opportunities are available at nuclear graduates. Mm-hmm. So it just shows that you do need to get your, opp- your applications in and apply. Um, and Shani, you just mentioned that you and, and Holly and the team there, uh, you know, front facing, you look at all of the applications yourselves. So give the students, um, if you can, some hints and tips. You know, how can they be successful and how can they make their applications stand out?
2: Um, I think the main thing I would say, um, obviously, you know, like I just touched on, there is the different stages throughout the process. Um, The main thing I would say is just be yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. That maybe sounds a little bit cliche, um, but it is so important. So we, we really want to see you and see what your passion is and sort of why you're interested in this game um yeah. but it's not about already having that experience as you've just found out from everybody um yeah. here today you know you get so much experience on the program so you don't need to have that experience to join us we're looking mm-hmm. for people with that passion and that enthusiasm um about the industry and about you know the sponsor organizations we work with as well um yeah. so yeah be yourself And then throughout the process as well, I would just say always keep an eye on your um, emails. the main form of communication. And obviously, you know, again, it sounds like something simple, but if you are using sort of a university email address or something and then you may be off over Christmas, you know, you might miss emails and things. So just keep an eye on on what email addresses you're registering with as well, just to make sure you don't miss anything.
0: Yeah, good yeah. point. And you know, keep an eye on your spam as well. And you can favorite email addresses, can't you, Jess? I think. Yeah. And um, so you know, make sure you do that and, and keep um, informed with everything. So thank you, Shan. And um, I'm going to move on to Hannah now. And um, so we've we've gone through everything that is nuclear graduates, I and mean, then the opportunities sound fantastic for the students who can apply. Is there anything in particular that you want to focus on or cover, and um, with regards to benefits that haven't been touched upon so far as part of the webinar?
3: Um, I think most of it has been um, covered by yeah. Henry, Jasmine and Lauren um, and my colleagues Craig and Charm but uh, I would say probably one of the key benefits that i obviously just like to put across again is sort of um, the three secondments that are on offer throughout the, the, the two-year programme um, and I think the graduates um, on this call today have sort of um, emphasised how how you can make that experience your own um, so the, the wider knowledge, the wider experience that you can get. Um you've basically got these two years to to network with other organizations, network at other conferences and things like that to build up your sort of your rapport within the industry and build those relationships, those networks. And that that's what you can then use going forward um post-program. Yeah I
0: can't believe how many brilliant opportunities and host organisations. Craig, finishing off with you from the kind of the early careers um, side of things. So once a graduate has started at Nuclear Graduates, any hints and tips? So we've kind of covered the recruitment process, what's involved there, we've covered training and development and everything else. But what kind of would you say to the grads and um, how can they be successful? And, and um, any hints and tips on that? I
1: think that for me the the key, and I think Lauren, Henry, Jasmine have touched on this. I think the program is full of opportunities.
6: Yeah it yeah. really
1: is and it's about taking a, you know taking every opportunity that comes your way across the two years um the those opportunities will help every graduate coming into the program to raise their profile as young nuclear professionals whether that's through yeah. um attendance at the core training events that hannah touched on whether it's says uh, through the secondments whether it's uh, through the uh, Nuclear Institute and the the YGN, as Henry touched on, there are so many opportunities here to raise your profile as a young nuclear professional. Uh, And I think if I had to give one piece of advice to anybody starting the Nuclear Graduates Programme, it would be that. Take every opportunity that comes your way, because at the end of two years, you will go on to a a fantastic career where, you know, with... In a a fantastic sector with a full range of different organizations um and the two years will prepare you for that and raise your profile
0: yeah yeah do you know what guys i'm quite sad that this has come to an end (laughs) because i've enjoyed listening to you all all your experiences and hints and tips everything it's been really really interesting so thank you very very much everybody for joining us today and thank you to the audience thank you to the panel thank you jessica um, for being involved as well. Um, join us next Thursday. So that's the 1st of December. Can you believe they're in December already? Um, we're joined by our, our other company, um, Engineering Consultancy Stantex. We'll be joining Jessica and Sophie. Um, but don't forget what Shan said get your applications in to Nuclear Graduates. They will be closing out um, as soon as they've filled their positions. Um, so good luck, get your applications in, and
6: we'll see you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody.
3: Bye bye. Bye bye.